0: Welcome to the next uh, edition of the podcast for the Benefits of Kinley with Malverley, Knockin' with Maysbrook and Maysbury. And tonight we're doing session four of our Lent course, Lifting the Lid. And this one is called Accepted. And it's uh, just a bit of a health warning. We're going to be looking at some particularly difficult issues, including learning about psychotic illnesses and talking about suicide. But if you've got a Bible with you, we're going to start by looking at Jesus and how he responded to an emotional woman who didn't fit in. The story's from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 36 to 50. So if you want to turn to that now, just pause the podcast for a second, find that in your Bible, and then we'll explore that together. If you want to look at alternative versions, you can find the same... uh, Examples in Matthew 26 Mark chapter 14 and John chapter 12 a reading from the gospel of Luke chapter 7 verses 36 to 50 one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him and he went into the Pharisees house and took his place at the table And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with the tears and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, He would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he cancelled the debts for both of them. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he cancelled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears, and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven, hence she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now I want you to think about the following questions. What does the woman in the story do? What do you think motivated her? Have you ever felt like this? What did the religious leaders think of her actions? How did they react to her? And how does Jesus react? You want to just pause the podcast and just have a think about those questions. And then when you're ready, press play again. Now, what's important is that this story is recorded in each of the four Gospels. So people, you know, it's it's really important that to read the other alternatives because you might find that... To give you different insights so it was Matthew 26 Mark chapter 14 and John chapter 12 so if you have got a bible in front of you it's it would be useful to just have a look at those different versions and what we have is a sinful woman saying nothing, totally overcome with emotions reaching out to Jesus We don't really know, we're not certain what motivated her. But we see a woman desperate for something. And although she doesn't say or do exactly the right thing, Jesus sees her heart and he doesn't let her down. Now our actions don't really make sense to us as we listen to the story, as we read the story. She breaks all the religious rules, and it seems like a really expensive waste of money. And particularly in Matthew and Mark, the onlookers point out that the perfume is worth around a year's wages. We're not talking a couple of drops of perfume here. But Jesus does not criticise her. He strongly advocates for her, he takes her side, even though it means that he is judged too. And in the versions from Matthew and Mark, he speaks out, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. He joins the outcast and because of that is criticised by the establishment. Particularly in this time of crisis, our world is full of people who are longing to reach out to God but they've got no idea how to do it properly or appropriately. Perhaps now more than ever they are overwhelmed by mental health problems or disability or any number of other issues. What is our response? As we explore that response a bit further, we have a little short introduction to psychotic illness. What I want you to think about, what do you think of when you hear the word schizophrenia? And then what about bipolar? This group of severe illnesses includes schizophrenia and bipolar affective disorder, and can affect anyone regardless of upbringing, social class or personal faith. It's quite sobering that 8% of people have some type of psychotic episode in their life. So in a a Benefice Congregation of 50, there could be four people who have been or will be directly affected by psychotic illness. And thankfully there are effective treatments in the form of medication and talking therapies. And for the more severe forms, social support is often necessary. And us as a local church have a huge role to play. But what is psychosis? It's a really broad term that's used really generally. And it's, it describes experiences that are outside the normal So it can include hearing or seeing things that others cannot, so hallucinations or hearing voices. Believing things that do not seem to be true, so delusions. And having extremely elevated moods, manic episodes or mania. And schizophrenia is a specific form of psychosis where delusions and hallucinations are common. Bipolar Affective Disorder is another form where high moods can be accompanied by grandiose beliefs and then periods of very low mood. Psychosis is far more than ups and downs in mood or the odd, unusual belief. It affects every area of life. But what causes psychosis? The first episode is usually in early adulthood though it can start in the teens and for some later in life and there seems to be a a very strong genetic cause but it's very complex, it's a complex mix of genes it's never due to just one gene or one parent and psychosis can often occur after using drugs or some medications like steroids and it can be caused by head injuries or, res- or the results of infections. And sometimes it can even occur after an extreme life event, such as a sudden bereavement. But can psychosis be treated? Psychotic illnesses are severe and need a combination of approaches. Medication is central and it's important to find a suitable form with manageable side effects. Psychological treatments can help with understanding, preventing relapses and the anxiety that often accompanies psychosis. Social activity, including both everyday activities and also hobbies and fitness, bring a rounded recovery. So you can see why the government is pressing for people to go out of their homes to exercise. Often treatment is necessary for many years and must also focus on rehabilitation and living a meaningful life which of course is helped by having a faith. But what about faith and psychosis? When people become psychotic or manic they become very involved in things. Often those things they were into before in a more measured way. It could be computers or politics. And it can be religious things. People who have a faith can see this get out of control. Reading the Bible or praying for hours on end. Believing they are pure. Or conversely believing they are evil. And sometimes that they are even God. This says nothing about their underlying faith. It's the illness speaking. With the benefit of hindsight, times of psychosis can also be genuinely spiritually awakening as people explore things incredibly deeply. And they can of course be very, very scary. And God can be their only source of comfort. There are some examples of psychosis in the Bible. Nebuchadnezzar's madness in Daniel 4 is probably the most accurate description. Sometimes people confuse psychosis with demon possession. But the psychotic illnesses we know today look nothing like the demon encounters in the Gospels. And should not be mistaken as such. And certainly, those with medical specialties urge all Christian leaders and Christian people to defer to the medical community in the treatment of psychotic illness. And it's really important that if we're supporting people in prayer, we do it indirectly. And if praying with others, we do that that in a way that protects the dignity and confidences of any people involved. So what can the church do? Psychotic illnesses often leave people needing support. There can be a tendency for people to self-isolate. So friendship is essential. And during this time of coronavirus pandemic and the the self-isolation that's enforced, you can see the very real danger that people with psychotic illnesses are going to deteriorate. The practical help we can offer with shopping is really important. And also just making sure that people who are isolated know that they're loved. People are going to be afraid during this time. And this situation and these psychotic illnesses might feel too big for us to deal with. But we all have an invaluable part to play. And It's really important that just the simple act or the simple acts of praying for people and reminding people that they're loved through phone calls, through other interactions within the limits of the government's guidelines will really make a big difference to people's lives during this crisis. and now we move on to a, a tricky set of issues and uh, i give a health warning again that we're now going to be talking about suicide and asking a, asking the a questions so look after yourselves take time out and if you need to stop the podcast podcast and walk away then please do so so the question i want you to think about is how should the church respond to suicide What do you think? If you want to just pause the podcast and then come back to it when you've had a think and and a reflect about it, please do so. And obviously suicide is an extremely difficult topic to talk about. But it's because of that it's so important that church is a place where we can speak about these things. But we have to be really careful and really sensitive because we don't know who amongst the people that we meet may have been affected by it. It's really easy for us to assume that that Christians do not die by suicide or that Christians do not take their own life. But that sadly is not the case. Sometimes a crisis of faith can be a part of the individual's personal collapse and people may feel in conflict with God or ashamed or beyond forgiveness. They may experience pressure or depression or pain or disordered thoughts which obscure God and his love. Over 100 people die by suicide in the United Kingdom every single week. And suicide is the most common cause of death amongst men aged 18 to 35. So in light of those sobering statistics, what can we do? We can be people... Where it's okay for other people to be real. Where we can be real with each other and talk honestly. And if, when someone talks about suicide, we take it seriously. And we grieve with, love, and support those left behind. our challenge. In today's passage, we've read about a desperate woman reaching out to Jesus. The religious leaders, and in some versions, the disciples, are very angry with her. Yet Jesus values her actions. He sees her motivation. And in fact points out that her shocking actions are more loving than his host's. Have we as Christians and as a church ever done what the Pharisees did here? React to a heartfelt desire for connection to God with angry judgment? Do we have rules that set out the correct and appropriate ways to reach out to Jesus? Are there barriers in our church which make it harder to reach Jesus? And how do we respond when people break our cultural norms? What would our churches look like if they were churches that welcomed people like this weeping woman? I want you to make sure that you're sat comfortably. With your feet flat on the floor, your legs uncrossed, and just feel your weight connecting with the earth, connecting with the chair that you sat on. I'm going to take a few minutes of quiet to review what we've heard today and to think about what to do with it, giving God the space to speak to us. I encourage you, when you're ready, to close your eyes. Remember the story that we read together at the beginning of this session. The woman who wept as she washed Jesus' feet with her hair. Imagine what it would have been like to actually be there, in a house, with Jesus, Let's think in turn about three characters. The weeping woman. How does she feel? The Pharisee, why does he respond as he does? Jesus, what does he do? What motivates him? Is there someone in your life who longs for Jesus but who struggles to fit in? What can you do to encourage and accept them? When you feel comfortable and there's no rush, please open your eyes. Our closing prayer, a prayer by Thomas Merton, although it could have been said by the woman we've been thinking about. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going, I do not see the road ahead of me, I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself and the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so, but I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you and I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire and I know that if I do this you will lead me by the right road though I may know nothing about it. Therefore will I trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. God bless you and thank you for listening.